Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. We are starting a new series today um, entitled Experience Chestnut Mountain. And what we want you to understand is that we're not elevating the name of Chestnut Mountain. We obviously want you to experience God first and foremost before you experience anything. But we also believe that God has instilled in us, has, has kind of woven in us a DNA that, that he is providing us in this culture that, that he's creating here. You know, I'm excited where we're going over the next four weeks. And, and it's hard to believe where we're at and where we're headed because I was sitting here contemplating just the past couple of weeks that next month will be five years since God has called us here. It's hard to believe it's been five years. And yes, give God praise for what he's doing. But you know, early on, God burdened us with the assignment that he had for this body of believers. Because I remember coming, people say, well, what's the vision for the church? I said, I ain't got a clue. I ain't got a clue. But in time, God's gonna show us. And very early on, he, he let us know that our vision and mission here was to saturate the world with the good news. That simple. It's not rocket science. But as we've seen that even evolved, we've, we've just now stamped it and it is saturating the world by making disciples. And the reason I'm so excited about the next four, four weeks is because what's happened in just in the last couple of months is God has very, very clearly crystallized how we, to, how we are to accomplish this. How we are to accomplish saturating the world by making disciples. And you know, I know I say it a lot. We say it a lot around here that God didn't save you and send you here for you to sit in the seats. God saved you and sent you here because you're part of us accomplishing what he's given this church to accomplish. And so you're gonna hear that over the next four weeks. And some of you said, well, I'm out. I ain't coming back to another four weeks. God, if he has saved you and sent you here, he has saved you and sent you here so that his vision and mission is completed through this local body. And so I'm convinced with everything in me that to saturate the world by making disciples, it's our story. And the next four weeks, the hope and the prayer and the burden that I have is that you find out what your, what your place in that story is. And not only does Chestnut Mountain's story is our story, it becomes your story. It becomes your story. And so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna introduce three words. You're gonna start hearing these words a lot. You're gonna start seeing these words a lot. And look, it's me, so you know it's gonna be pretty simple, okay? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start the next three weeks. I wanna sort of lay out the next, next month is gonna look like for us. Every week, we're gonna introduce one of these words, and this is, these words are not just words. They're a strategy of how we are going to accomplish what God has put in front of us to accomplish. 
And so that's what the next three weeks is gonna look like. And on October 2nd, which is week four, we're gonna have kind of the exclamation point to this series, Experience Chestnut Mountain. It'll be a normal morning of worship and a normal morning of, you'll hear an abbreviated sermon. A lot of you will be here that week and you're like, man, he's gonna preach short, I'm coming. But the way the response will be is it will be a much different response than you're used to. We're gonna have locations set up all around campus to where you will have an opportunity to respond to your place in the story, whether it's to get plugged into a small group, whether it's to start serving in kids, whether it's to start serving in students, whether it's to, to hold a door on Sunday morning, whether it's to, to ride in the golf cart with Tony Pass, that'll probably be a long list of you wanting to do that. But you're gonna have an opportunity to respond that morning, so the response will look a lot different but we're gonna give you an opportunity that morning to kind of put traction on what God is doing in your life and what God is wanting you to be a part of here. And so these three words, we're gonna introduce all of them today, but we're gonna unpack the first one. I hope McGraw has it done, but the first one is gonna be belong. That's what today's gonna be all about, okay, is belonging. Week two is gonna be about become. The word, he's not doing it, so he doesn't have them. Become is gonna be the next one. The third one is gonna be build. So what I want us to do as a family right now is I want us to practice these three words. Can we do that together? I ought to make you sit like crisscross applesauce down here in the altar together, but it's gonna be belong, become, build. You think we can do that? Y'all ready? One, two, three. Belong, become, build. Try it one more time. Belong, become, build. And so what we're gonna do is today is we're gonna unpack this word, become. We're gonna pack, why are y'all laughing? I mean, belong. That's why y'all are laughing, because I said the wrong word. Did I, Chelsea? Oh, he had it up there? Good, y'all didn't laugh at me, because I said the wrong word. <laughs> I've really got this rehearsed, and it's going well so far. Y'all wanna be a part of this. But before we start in looking at belong today, there's, there's two things that I really wanna ask of you. There's two things that I wanna request. And the first thing that I wanna request is that you will commit to be here for the next four weeks. You know, what's heartbreaking is now a regular attender in church is someone who attends twice a month. That's a regular attender. You see how the culture has kind of shifted? Regular attender, when I was growing up, meant regular attender. You're there every Sunday. It doesn't matter what's going on. You're going to church. But I wanna request that you're here for four weeks in a row. And, and some of you, this may be your first Sunday. You say, well, this is my first Sunday. I don't know if I'm coming back for the next three. What a great opportunity for you to be here because in the next four weeks, you're gonna hear who we are. What a better place to start. And look, at the end of four weeks, you may say, hey, that's not for me. But what I'm gonna challenge you to do is be here for the next four weeks. If this is your church, if this is a place, maybe you've been visiting a lot lately, or maybe this is the place that you would call home. The one thing that I want you to recognize about belong, become, build is one thing that all three of those words have in common is the word together. Every one of those have in common that the way they're accomplished is that we are together. Belong means that we gather together. Become means that we grow together. And build means that we serve together. And so those are the requests, that's the one request that I have is that you commit to the next four weeks just to hear our heart, to hear what God is doing in the life of our church. But then the second thing I wanted you to commit to is for the next four weeks, pray. 
That's earth shattering, isn't it? Pray for the next four weeks. God, where is my place in this story? Where is my place in this story? And so before we go any further this morning, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna enter an awkward time of prayer. And I want you to begin asking God right now, God, use beginning today to speak to me, speak to my family, speak to my home as to what my place is in this story and if this is where you would have us to be. And so in the moment of this awkward silence, I want you to pray and have a conversation with God, just you and the Lord, and you ask God to begin a work in your heart today. So let's just pray together and then I'll close this out in prayer. God, this morning, as we hear the faint whispers of your people, God, I truly believe that they're seeking wisdom, they're seeking direction. And God, I pray that over the next four weeks, God, if someone doesn't know the direction in which you are calling them, God, I pray that there would bring, you would bring clarity to that. God, starting today, but God, if people are already here serving, they know their place. God, I pray that they would find an excitement maybe that they've never experienced before in serving you with a fresh spirit and a fresh heart. And so God, I pray that over these next four weeks, God, that this family, this unit would become stronger together. God, that we would be passionate about gathering together. God, that we would be passionate about growing together and that we would be passionate about serving together. And so God, as you have placed these three strategies, belong, become, build on our hearts, God, I pray that it would just be simple to understand and simple to apply. And so God, we're asking your spirit to move today, move in a mighty way, and we'll give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I wanna start out by defining the word belong. The English definition of the word belong is to belong is to be an attribute of a person or a thing. To belong is to be a part of a person or a thing. And to belong is to be a function of a person or a thing. You see, the reality is, is every one of us as human beings are hardwired with a sense of wanting to belong to something. Whether you will admit it or not, every person in this room has a desire that God has hardwired us with that we want to be a part of something worthwhile. There's one reason that you go into academy sports in Gainesville now. You walk in and you take a hard right and what is all in the front right section of academy sports? Georgia Bulldog attire and Atlanta Braves attire. And the reason in that is because the two teams experienced success last year. And what is almost comical to me is they can't keep shirts, they can't keep hats on the shelves because everybody wants to be a part. And the reality is, is if you interviewed a lot of those people, they could care less about football or basketball or I mean baseball. They just wanna be a part of something. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, me and my wife had an opportunity to go to a Braves game. And I get to pick on her right now because, could you, do you know any of the Braves players? 
The answer is no. She doesn't know any of the Braves player, but we're going to a Braves game. So guess what she wanted to do? Honey, I gotta have a Braves shirt. So guess what we did? We exhausted ourselves finding a Braves shirt because there's something about being in a stadium with 40,000 plus people and doing this together that makes you feel like you're a part of something. The reason that people, the reason they can't keep t-shirts on the shelf, the reason they can't keep hats on the shelf is because of the way we as human beings are wired. We want to belong to something. We have a desire to belong. But what we're gonna see today is this, this phrase belong, this, this word belong that God has placed in our hearts has two layers. But what you're gonna notice is that both layers of this word belong Both of these layers are deep from the heart of God. You see, the heart of God is he wants us as his children to belong to him, but then he also wants us as his children to belong to his family. So we see the two layers there. He wants us to belong to him, but he also wants us to belong to each other, to a family. And we see this, this was put on the display from the very beginning of God's desire for people to belong. Turn to Genesis chapter three. He's like, man, he's starting in Genesis. We're going through the whole Bible today. Genesis chapter three, we're just gonna start at ground zero because I want you to understand the heartbeat that God has given us is his heartbeat. This is not some strategy that we've just come up with. What God is saying, he's saying, look, here's my heart and I want Chestnut Mountain Church to have my heart. So here's the direction we're gonna go. We see God's heart for wanting people to belong. In Genesis chapter three, verses seven through nine, we're gonna read that in just a minute, but we know what's happening. Adam and Eve were created in perfect harmony with God. They were created without sin, without blemish. They were created after his own image and they were together in the garden with God and everything was perfect. But then we know sin crept in They were both tempted, they fell into temptation. And as a result of that sin in their life, not as a result of the temptation, but as a result of the sin in their life they committed, they were then separated from God. Sin resulted in them not being together with God. And we know that God's heart was not satisfied. God was not satisfied with that. He desired for Adam and Eve to belong to him. And that's what we read in Genesis chapter three, verses seven through nine. Read that with me. He says, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. Or if you're from the South, naked. I had to correct it to say naked because I didn't want people to make fun. And they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and he said, where are you? You see, that's the heart of God. God wanted Adam and Eve to belong. So he went on a rescue mission to bring them back into fellowship with him. But we know that Adam and Eve, they were were ashamed of what they had done. They are ashamed of what they had, had fallen to. They were hiding their nakedness. They were hiding their shame. 
but they were doing everything they could to try to keep it from God. It was kind of that out of sight, out of mind. If we just hide it, it'll go away. If we just hide it, it won't really have happened. And the reason that they're hiding from God is they knew that they were unworthy now to be in his presence because of the sin in their life. You know, I wonder how many of you in the room today that this is your testimony. Maybe today you don't even feel worthy to be here. Maybe you don't feel worthy to be in the presence of God because of your past, because of sin. Maybe even what you did yesterday, maybe what you did the day before. But the reality is, is what ends up happening is we, we get stuck in this religious this religious grasp of thinking, hey, if, if we cover it up, if I'll work harder, if I'll do this or I'll do that, then, then, then God won't, he won't pay attention to my sin and he'll just love me because of all the good I'm doing. And we try to take full responsibility to earn God's love. That's exactly what Adam and Eve were doing. They thought, hey, if we run, we hide, we can cover up. We can exhaust ourselves. We can work hard enough to make God love us. We can work hard enough to earn this love. And you know, there's some of you that are stuck in that, in that grasp today. You know, maybe you've, you know enough about Jesus. You know enough about the Lord that you know that the lifestyle you're living, you know that you don't have a relationship with him And so what you do is you constantly try to hide behind certain things. You try to avoid it altogether. But here's the, the hard reality is there's some of you that are here today in the house of God, in church, and you're here trying to hide from God. And what I mean by that is you're hiding behind religion. You're thinking, well, I know what I did yesterday, but if I go to church today, then I'll get a check in my box and God will love me. Can I tell you this? Here's the the one thing that I want you to get today. If you're not a follower of Christ, if you're not a believer, what I want you to hear today is this, is God loves you the same as if you were sitting here right now or if you were sitting home and never made up your mind to come. You being here has nothing to do with how much God loves you. So if you're trying to hide here, stop. God wants to meet you right where you're at. Don't try to hide in religion to try to earn God's love because that's exactly what Adam and Eve were doing. But you see, we see the heart of God in his pursuit of both of them. Look at verse 21 of chapter three. It says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. You see what God's ultimately saying? He's saying, hey, You stop trying to hide. You stop trying to fix it. Let me fix it. Let me fix it. And what we see here is this is is the foreshadowing of what is to come by him sending his son Christ to die for us. This is the beginning of that rescue mission. Because you see the garments that God is talking about clothing Adam and Eve with, these garments would have been from a sacrificed animal. That blood would have had to been shed, death would have had to been given in order for these garments to be able to cover Adam and Eve. And so what we know is that the way the story ends is that that animal, that lamb was his son. 
And so we know that that is leading to the sacrifice, the foreshadowing of him sacrificing the spotless lamb that was his son so that it would cover your sin, so that it would cover my sin. And he's saying, look, you don't have to do it. I'm going to do it for you. And the reason I'm gonna do it for you is because, here it is, I want you to belong to me. I want you to belong to me. You see, here's the heart of God. He created us with a desire to belong, but the beauty of the gospel is he provided a way we could. He created us with a desire to belong, but he also provided the way that we could belong. So he knew how we were wired and he said, here's what I'm gonna do to fix that. Here's what I'm gonna do to fulfill that. Here's what I'm gonna do to fill that gap. Is I'm gonna send my only son so that you can belong to me. Now I've really wrestled with honestly just stopping here and asking this, this question. Do you belong to God? And the reality is, is it's a yes or no answer. Do you belong to God? Have you trusted Jesus Christ and his finished work on Calvary? Have you repented of your sins? Have you confessed with your mouth and believed that he is who he says he is? Or have you not? Do you belong to God? And if the answer is, I don't know, or the answer is no, then I want you to know that that, that can change today. That that can change today. But what some of you need to do is exactly what Adam and Eve did. You need to get quiet enough to listen for the voice of God. Because as they were hiding, as they were caught up in the, the religious side of things, trying to cover their own sin, it said that they heard the Lord walking. They heard him. It's gotta be pretty quiet to hear someone walking in the garden. But then what they heard is God called to Adam and he said, hey, where are you? Some of you in this room today, you need to get quiet long enough to hear God say, hey, where are you? Where are you? Do you belong to God? And if you're here this morning and the answer is no, or the answer is I don't know, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would draw you to himself today and that everything changes. You know, part of saturating the world by making disciples is, is what God has given us an opportunity to do is our staff is usually in schools all week long. We're getting to go to FCAs, we're getting to go to ball games, but, but we've become that resource. Schools call now and they say, hey, we need somebody at FCA. We need somebody at this football game. Can you provide it? Miss Kay came to me just a minute ago. She said, hey, we need a speaker at FCA this Friday. Can you handle it? I said, we got it covered. But just this past Thursday morning, Chase Adams, our student pastor, was at Lyman Hall and as he's sharing the gospel, as he's sharing with, listen to this, 
over 70 children, fourth and fifth graders, who are showing up for FCA because they're hungry to hear the word of God. So Chase is in the middle of sharing his message, and I may botch this, but it's okay. Don't ever, yeah, anyway. But he's in the middle of it, and he said, all of a sudden, it's as if God just started showing him these children. And it's like the Holy Spirit just shut him up. And he looked at all of these young, hungry children. And he said, hey, there's some of you who are ready to follow Jesus today. There's some of you who are ready to take a step in faith and trusting Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. Now keep in mind, this is in the middle of his notes. Like this wasn't at the end. This was right in the middle. And he said, if that's you, I want you to stand up. Over 20 kids stood up. Over 20 kids stood up. Now look, I want you to understand, standing up is not their salvation. But what he had the opportunity to do was, I guess he neglected the rest of the 50 kids. And he took these 20 kids and he sat down with every one of them. And he, by detail, shared the gospel with them. And there's no doubt in my mind that God changed eternity. Some came in that room on Thursday morning and they didn't belong to God, but they left as a child of God. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. Because God's desire is for us to belong to him. For us to belong to him. And in Romans chapter 10, we see today, if your answer is no, if you can say, no, I don't belong to God, here's how I want you to respond today. Here's how God wants you to respond. In Romans chapter 10, verses nine through 10, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And there's somebody in here this morning that you need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. That you need to repent of your ways and you need to trust him because here's the heart of God. He wants you to belong to him. He wants you to belong to him. And as a child of God, if you've experienced this belonging, you know very quickly that everything changes. It doesn't mean that life gets easier. It doesn't mean that, that every, the temptations go away. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it does mean is that there was a void of belonging that is now filled, one that you can't even explain, one that doesn't even make sense, that a holy and a righteous God could love me in spite of who I am, could love me in spite of what I do and what I've done. And in that moment of you trusting in the finished work of the cross, everything changes. The last time we're gonna turn, I want you to flip to Ephesians chapter two. And I know this is completely out of the ordinary. Usually we pick up the book of the Bible and we walk through it. So look, this is stretching me as much as it is you. But Ephesians chapter two, verse 19, we see where everything changes. And as a child of God, this is what we've experienced. In Ephesians chapter two, verse 19, Paul writes, so then you are no longer strangers 
and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. You see, at Lyman Hall this past week, there was a, a bunch of young children that walked in there as aliens and strangers to God and to the family of God. But they left that day because they placed their faith in the work of Christ. They left there that day no longer aliens, no longer strangers, and now they have been implanted as in the household of God. That is a miracle of our God. That is the heart of God. He wants you to be a part of this household. But I think we can all go back in our life before we were part of God's family, before we belonged to God. You go back to your life before Christ, your BC. Some of us are embarrassed. Some don't want anybody to know. Some don't want anybody, don't want to ever have it brought up again. But the reason that happened is because see, in life, with this wiring to belong to something. We set out on a mission many years ago to figure out where we did. We sent out many years ago trying to figure out where we belonged. If you go back to your high school days, you go back to your college days, maybe some of your young adult day, age, you begin to travel, okay, I'm gonna go over here and see if I can fit in this group. I'm gonna conform to what they do. I'm gonna, ah, you know what? Uh, they don't like me because of who I am. They don't like me because of, of what I do. They don't like me because I don't talk like they do. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna try to belong to this group. And uh, I'm gonna try to belong to this group. And, uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna go back to that first group where I didn't fit in and now I'm just gonna do what they do so that I can fit in. I'm gonna go back over here and conform to the person that they wanted me to be so that I can belong to that group. But you see what happens is we bounce around our entire lives. What we are constantly doing is filling our life with baggage. We're filling our lives with broken hearts. We're filling our lives with feeling like no one loves us, like no one will ever accept us. And what we end up doing is, what what we did over here, what we're ashamed of, we find out that we're left hopeless and helpless over there. So we hide all of the heartache. We hide everything that we've been dealing with and we'll take it over here to this group. But this group better not find out what's in this because if they know what's in here, they will never accept me and therefore I'll never belong. And then all of a sudden we face rejection again. But now all of a sudden we say, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna take all my baggage over here to this group. And then all of a sudden it leads to another heartbreak. It leads to another compromise. And all the while, all we are doing is we're just simply opening this bag and we're shoving everything down in there. And heaven forbid if anyone ever finds out what baggage I am carrying. Heaven forbid someone ever find out what I've lived, what I've done, because if people really knew what was in here, there's no way I could belong to them. There's no way that they would ever let me in their group because of all the things I've done. 
And there's no doubt, every person in this room, we've all got one of these. We've all got one of these things that we have carried around with us and we've tried to hide it for so many years, for so long, and we don't want anybody to know. And what we find is this exhausting to try to belong. It is exhausting trying to find somewhere to belong. But you see, God hardwired us to belong to something. And that's why he says, I want you to belong to me. I want you to belong to me. But you see, here's the the gospel in a nutshell. As we're traveling from, from this group to belong, as we go back over here to this group to belong, We're still piling up the heartache. We're still piling up the compromise. We're still piling up the embarrassments. But here's what I want you to know today. Just like the garden, when Adam and Eve went and hid, what was God doing? He was pursuing them. He was coming after them. So every place that you've gone to belong, every place that you've gone to try to fit in, if we would be quiet long enough and pay attention long enough, you would hear God say, hey, where are you? I'm right behind you. I'm pursuing you. I'm coming after you. But just stop looking for the world to feel what will never be filled. He's saying, hey, I want you to belong to me. And then all of a sudden we see the spirit of God working in us. And all of a sudden we open our hearts to what God's saying, hey, I want you. And we all say, but God, you have no idea what's in here. God, you have no idea how broken I am. God, you have no idea what I've done to my family. God, you have no idea all the baggage that I'm carrying. And you know what he says? He says, where are you? I want it all. I want it all. And I'm sending my son to cover it all. I'm sending my son to wrap you in his love, in his garments, in his righteousness, in his blood so that you can belong to me. So that you can belong to me. And then in that moment of surrender, we go from no longer being a stranger and an alien, but we are now in the household of God. Our citizenship has been transferred from this whole nasty place to heaven. Praise be unto God and it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what he's done. And in that moment of repentance, in that moment of saying, okay, God, I'm tired of trying to belong. And today I'm just gonna trust that I belong to you because of what you sent your son to do for me. And in that moment, everything changes. In that moment, according to Ephesians 4.30, we are sealed till the day of redemption. There's no more void of needing to belong because we know that we are a child of God because of what he did for us. You know, I often think 
that I belong to God. How, how is that even possible? Because look, I've got baggage. I've got a past. I've got mistakes. I've got things that I wouldn't want you to know about me. Well, you're the pre, yeah, you're right. I'm just like you are. But you see, when we think about luggage, this thing don't roll backwards. We'll have to kick it. But we all know like when you go through an airport, right? When you go through an airport, that luggage belongs to someone. And in that moment of salvation, this is the very thing that we've been ashamed of. This is the very thing that we've been humiliated of. But in that moment, God said, you know what? The name on that luggage, that luggage, that baggage, it's mine. Every bit of everything that you think you are, it's mine. And now the name on that baggage, the name on that luggage, the name on you, my child, is you are now mine and I am the rightful owner of you. You are now my possession. I don't care what's in here. This is what I died for. This is the very thing that died for. And in that moment, our citizenship has changed. This world goes from being home to this world is no longer home. But what we have to realize is that though our citizenship has changed, though our citizenship has transferred, we're still here on earth. There's still battles to fight. There's still growth to come. And there's still work to be done. Can we all agree? Our citizenship is in heaven. But this is still the place that God has called us because what we have to realize, we are now his church. Guess what? That is plan A for the advancement of the gospel. You are plan A. You are part of the team. You are part of the family of God to accomplish what God has called us to do. And so yes, while we are all hardwired to belong, he wants us to know that we can belong to him. But he also wants us to know that we are to belong to a family. That we're belonging to his household. And so yes, while that family, our citizenship is in heaven, what we have to recognize is that while we are still here on earth, our family's still here. Our family is still here. And this is the importance of not only belonging to God, because we all know that if you had your, your tag in the airport and all it had on it was your name, if it got lost, is it ever gonna make it to your house? Well, some of us, even if it's got the address, it never makes it to your house. But what we realize is that it's got a name on it, that we belong to God. But I've under full conviction, according to the word of God, that even while we're still here on earth, not only do we belong to him, but he also wants us to have an address here. He wants us to have a family here. He wants us to have a church here. 
You see, the word church is the word Jesus used for ecclesia in the Greek. It says that we are called out, we're an assembly, or we're a congregation. So yes, I want you to understand that the church is not about a building. It's about a body. It's about a group of people. However, while God is not finished with us here, for many of us, until the Lord comes, Chestnut Mountain Church is to be your address. Chestnut Mountain Church is the place that God has called you to belong. But the reason that God has called you to belong there is because the vision and mission he has given us is to saturate the world by making disciples. And this is where we're gonna look at the second layer because the first layer we see that we belong to God, but the second layer of this word belonging is that he wants us to belong somewhere. If that wasn't the case, we wouldn't see the New Testament church set up all through the New Testament. It was all about local assemblies coming together. It was all about local bodies of believers coming together. Acts 2.42 speaks to that, the purpose of the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you don't have to turn there. It says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. But you see, there again, what the common word is in that, what those all have in common is it's the body of Christ doing it together. It's the body of Christ doing these things together. And I believe that over the last three years, through this debacle and this train wreck called COVID, I believe it's opened our eyes to rediscover the importance of being together. God didn't call us to live in isolation. God didn't call us to watch church online. There's something about being in the room with other believers, rubbing shoulders with people who have baggage just like we do. There's something special about doing life with people who are in this battle just like I am and who just like you are. That's something you can't get when we don't gather together in God's house. And so yes, while we belong to God, I believe with everything in me, we're called to have an address too. Because you see, the, 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 the importance of us gathering together as family, it provides so many things. It provi provides the promotion of the gospel. It provides our preparation to proclaim it. It provides love. It provides encouragement. It provides reassurance. It provides accountability. Now, accountability is a good one because look, I just challenged everybody to be here for the next four weeks. So if somebody ain't, you call them out. That's accountability. That's what family does. But another thing it provides is acceptance and a place to be vulnerable. You know, you don't hear that last one a lot because for some reason we think that because we're in church, because we're with Believers that we have to put on this mask, that everything's fine, that everything's okay. I don't believe that's the purpose of the church. And as I was preparing for this this week, these two, these last two statements have really, really burdened me. 
the one of acceptance and, and the one of a place to be vulnerable. Because you see, all across the world, right now, in this moment, now I know times are different, but let's take the United States, for instance. All across this country today, there are children of God, followers of Jesus Christ, who are trying to find their place to belong. They're trying to find their street address. They're trying to find their body of believers that God has called them to do life with. There's many of you that that may be your case. You're, you're a follower of Christ. You've been saved by grace through faith, but you know that it's time for your family to find a home, for your family to find an address. And can I tell you from experience, trying to find an address is a scary place to be. Because you see, I know there's, there's some Sundays that I'm not here and what I, what I try to do sometimes is I try to go to other churches a lot of times by myself. Can I tell you, that's the hardest thing to break into. And when we go on this journey as a follower of Christ, trying to find a family, even this morning, there's people all across this country that are walking up in church this morning and they're saying, man, is, is anybody gonna speak to me? They're carrying all this stuff. They're walking in and they're saying, are they gonna like me? You know what? If I, if I go in there this morning, is anybody gonna sit with me? You know what? If, if I end up feeling like this is where I'm supposed to be, will they accept me? If they ever find out what's in here. And ultimately, what every person asks when they walk onto a campus, is this a place I can belong? Is this a place I can belong? And can I tell you, church, there is nothing that keeps me awake more at night, especially on Sunday night then that mindset right there of what if somebody visited us this morning at Chestnut Mountain and they didn't feel like they belong. Church, that's on us. And you know what? I'll be the first one to admit I'm guilty of it. God convicted me just a couple of weeks ago. I had a young lady that used to be in our student ministry and she's been wanting to volunteer here in kids. And so many of you know that as soon as we dismiss service, I'm standing right out here in the lobby. But that Sunday morning, this young lady came up to me and she said, hey, I, I would love to meet Miss Ingrid. I said, come on, let's go to the South Lobby. So we hightailed down to the South Lobby. I walked down to the bottom of the steps between the nine and the 1045. And I looked at that room and I went, God, shame on me. I've never seen half the people down here. Because what happens is I'm a creature of habit. And when I stand out in this lobby, good, the reality is I'm gonna talk to the same 15 to 20 people every week. We're creatures of habit. And so what I went home burdened with is like, you know what? 
It's not about me. But God has given me a heart for people to belong. And so therefore, I'm gonna go to the South Lobby and I'm just gonna love on people because I don't know half of them. And so I challenged our staff, sit in a different place on Sunday mornings, stand in a different place on this, in every morning that you're here. And the reason that, that we do that, the reason that we're burdened to that is because if God's gonna send people here, Chestnut Mountain Church, it's our responsibility to make them feel like they can belong. That's on us. And can I tell you this? Here's a little secret to how this whole thing works. If they step foot on campus and they feel like they belong, they don't really care how good the singing is. They don't really care how good the preaching is. But if they feel like they belong, they're coming back. And so that's where we need your help. We wanna be that place where there's no one sitting by themselves. I remember used to, and we may even start it here. I had a team in student ministry. I called them the bird dogs. That was their job on Wednesday night. Is if I saw a teenager walk in and look, you can all recognize a first time guest. I was one. It's like a deer in headlights. They don't know up from down. They don't know left from right. And it's very obvious. And I remember in student ministry, I had about six students that if I gave them the eye, they knew what that meant. I would look at them and then I would look at who they were to go to. And then all of a sudden they would make a beeline. So if I need to hire some bird dogs around here, we can do that too. But I believe we're in a room full of bird dogs because I know your heart is my heart that we want people to belong. But what I'm asking you to do in this four weeks of prayer, you ask God to give you the lenses to recognize those. And I'm gonna go ahead and warn you, if he does, then you're responsible. Don't put your head down. It's gonna be just as awkward for you as it is for them. But you see, you never know what baggage they're carrying. And what we wanna do is we wanna provide an environment. We wanna provide a safe place here where people can be accepted and people can be vulnerable. Because you know, the reality is, is for most of us, when you move into your new home, what do you do? You unpack, don't you? You move into your new home and you unpack. Maybe you get home from vacation, you unpack. Why? Because you're home. You unpack all the filth, all the nastiness that's been collected over the last week. And that's what we wanna do here is we wanna provide an environment where people walk into this place and they say, you know what? I feel so comfortable that I belong now, that I've got a group that I can unpack who I am. And they're gonna love me anyway. Because years ago, I tried everything I did to belong. And in that process, I picked up a lot of baggage. I picked up a lot of mess along the way, but I believe this place loves me. 
in spite of all this, you know, along the way, I destroyed my marriage. Along the way, I picked up addictions. Along the way, trying to, trying to belong to somebody, I, I, traced, I chased every worldly trophy that I could and I cut everybody's legs out from under them to try to get to it. Somewhere along the way, because I wanted to belong, I, I became addicted to pornography. Or maybe somewhere along the way, trying to belong so hard, I, I became overwhelmed with self-image. Worried about what I look like because I've got to fit this certain mold in order for them to, lo to love me, for them to like me. And so now I struggle with self-image. You know what? I'm now an alcoholic. Just because I want to belong. But you know what? I believe these people here at Chestnut Mountain Church. They're going to let me unpack all of my luggage. And they're going to love me anyway. Because the reality is, church, we've all got baggage. We've all got things that we don't want people to know about. But can I tell you, when you find that place that you can do this stuff with, that you can be real with, that you can unpack your bags, that you can be who God has called you to be. Can I tell you, you better put the address on it. And that better be the place you call home. Because the place we call home is the place we can unpack who we are. And I'm thankful for you. Because every week y'all let me unpack up here who I am. Y'all let me unpack my struggles. But what I know is that I belong to God. And because of the way you've loved my family, I know we belong to you. Church, that's got to be our heart. Because the reality is, is there's going to be people that walk on our campus this morning that don't belong to God. But if we will provide an environment for them here where they can feel like they belong, guess what's going to happen? Those walls are going to fall and they're going to turn their ears to the gospel. But if they walk in feeling rejected, All their assumptions about the church have been true. And so this morning, I think the way that we respond is, first and foremost, you've got to answer the question, do you belong to God? And if you don't, I would love to show you from the word this morning, maybe even Romans 10, what I read just a moment ago. But I believe today that if you're here and you don't know him, listen. And he's saying, hey, where are you? Because I'm right here. Stop running. Stop hiding. 
So if you don't know him today, if you don't belong to him today, I pray that today is the day you belong. But as we go through this series, this, this first strategy for us to accomplish is that we all feel like we belong. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.